You think you can get this episode recorded in under an hour and 40 minutes, Steve? As a consummate professional, I pledge my uh, reputation. We'll, we'll, try, we'll try our best. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, working, reviewing, playing a podcast. podcast. I'm going to miss this tequila when it's gone. And you it's can buy close. another bottle, Ryan. I know, but I'm going to miss this first bottle. It's good stuff. You know that tequila is actually supposed to be Gin. kind of all right for diabetics? Something about agave or something. I don't know. It's science. It's science. You wouldn't understand. I don't know. I thought that's it. why a whiskey was good because it's made out of corn and you can have corn tortillas. It's grain. Right? It's it's full grain. <laughs> full gra- it's full grain leather. Generally, from what I understand, hard liquor is supposed to be kind of all right. As long as you're not. You it's know. better than it's better for, than beer. Right. Because beer's got a lot of carbs in it and stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, And the, the sugars have all been converted to alcohol. That's the theory anyways. Uh, drink responsibly. Anyways, guys, we have a clickbait topic that I dreamed up because the Facebook group just wanted us to talk about nothing but tubes last week. We we record two episodes at a time. And so we had to pull from my library of clickbait ideas. Uh, What makes guitar gear suck, Steve? Well, if it's uh, part of a vacuum assembly. (laughs) Like tubes? (laughs) Oh, vacuum tubes suck. Deal with it. <laughs> I was thinking oh, we could tackle that it. Was dumb. Like, what makes a guitar suck? What makes a pedal suck? What mm-hmm. makes an amp suck? Mm-hmm. You know? I think there's some general principles here. Like, if you're buying it from Kickstarter, it probably sucks. <laughs> I don't think that's always true. <laughs> Actually, but I, I've been thinking it. I've been thinking about calling Kickstarter and GoFundMe, just grouping them together and calling them Go Kick Me. Okay. <laughs> That works because it also GoFundMe. It, so the two that are the the crowdfunding platforms for like new products are Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I got a strap years ago. More like Indiegogo away. I got a strap years ago that was uh, from an Indiegogo, and we did have. Um, do you remember that? Uh, well, like what, like anything crowdfunding can be good or yeah, bad. Yeah, what was that you know? product? Um, Why are we talking about this? This no, was no, not no. supposed to be the clickbait because we're topic, talking about Steve. things because we're talking about things that don't suck. We had right, right. We had that uh, distortion pedal, or it was like a it was like an amp style drive. What was the name of the guy? Uh, it was ye- way early. Wow, on. I can't remember. Uh, but he sold those through uh, Kickstarter, mm. and um, and it was a really good pedal. And as far as I know, he he sold a bunch of them and and hmm. delivered them all. And so that one didn't suck. <laughs> oh, also, like I was thinking of this exception because we were we were thinking about doing a Kickstarter episode where we complained about Kickstarter, but we changed our mind. Um, game changer. Oh, game. Ch- have they done a bunch of stuff through Kickstarter? I mean, I bought the plasma pedal through their oh, Kickstarter right. or that's GoFundMe right. or Indiegogo or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, I legitimately enjoy that pedal. I still have it. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not planning on selling it. It's too yeah. cool. Go kick. It's me. too cool. Go kick me. Is that what you said? Go kick me. Go kick me. Indiegogo kick me. Indiegogo kick me. <laughs> so anyways, what makes a guitar suck? Like in like in general terms, because like so much of what guitar gear is can be so subjective. The tone of a pickup that you hate could be the tone of a pickup that someone else loves. But what objectively makes guitar gear suck? You know, I, I don't know if there's anything that object. I mean, 
like if the action is too high you can or adjust too that. low. But that's, that's like, what I'm saying. So, like, is there anything about a, a guitar that that across the board board like what sucks? Uh, if it can't be made to not suck, then it sucks. Right. Like, I think non functionality is an obvious. Like, okay, it sucks. It doesn't function. Yeah. Like, obviously, that sucks. Or if it's prone to breaking, that sucks. Right. I think like if you have an acoustic guitar that doesn't project like at all. Like, but then that sucks. Subjectively, but, uh, acoustic guitars are boring. Objectively, subjectively, you might in certain scenarios want an acoustic guitar that doesn't project. You're trying to control, you know, like stage volume for mics or something like that. Right. Like you're using it in a very specific recording scenario or something like that. So it doesn't necessarily suck if it doesn't project. Maybe you need a guitar that is quieter or has very certain acoustic qualities to it. But now it just kind of feels like the direction we're going is all gear is rad unless it's broken in a, <laughs> in a way that makes it non-functional. Stuff has to suck. Because, Stuff has to be bad, right? Because like, you know, the, the original, the original distortion, whatever was a, was a broken console, but it was broken in the right way. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And like, like I had someone complain on one of my videos like a few weeks back and like, ah, oh, this sounds like nails on a chalkboard or whatever. And like, you just described what I like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sounds that I like that gritty, sharp, bright sort of sound. Like that's what I live for. I, I, like, I want to get ahead of listeners. Okay. Cause I guarantee you there's a, already a listener who is going, wants to leave in the comment. They're thinking really hard. Like what is a thing that I can say? If you demo it, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, any I mean, we can break it down into subjective terms. We've established you it. have to. Most of it is subjective. So from a personal standpoint. Yeah, because it's like, oh, what's what what this guitar pedal, you know what sucks about this guitar pedal? It's a terrible uh It's phaser. not a bass. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. This is the worst bass. That's the worst delay pedal I've ever played in my yeah, life. Yeah. But like, okay, to, to me, I'll say to for me, what makes a guitar suck? It sucks if it's too muddy. I don't like guitars that are muddy. It sucks if uh, it's ugly. I don't like guitars that are ugly to me, but I love that's guitars super, that are that's ugly to other people. Right? Like, <laughs> the hallmark is hanging behind me. I love that guitar. Uh, almost every time I feature it, someone says, oh, that's hideous. <laughs> you know, uh, playability is huge for me. Like, I think, you know, if you've got bad, like fret sprout and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or you've got, but that borders on non-functionality. Like yeah. when I had the Epiphone SL and the, and the frets were a roller coaster, that sucked, but that's because of, poor yeah. workmanship that's I, not a that's got, not a core element of the design i got a question for you yeah the yamaha did you do any setup work when it showed up no like you haven't adjusted oh, the action or any i, any of that I raised the action i did a little bit did i you, okay. I, I legitimately raised the action because it was too fast for Cause me because it, it was funny i made a comment on the on the, your video because uh, i was uh somebody uh no i was i think i jumped on the premiere for that and i said uh, that I think that guitar is like easily in your top five guitars. 
No, I agree. As far as like um, quality and playability, but, like but, out of the box, I agree with that. But then as I said that, the thought was in my head, like how many of your guitars do I not like because you set up the action higher than I like? And I sure. didn't know if you had how, what kind of adjustment you had made on that guitar. And, but and when I played it the first time, Within, I don't know if you had made much of an adjustment. Within the category of guitars that I'm going to choose to grab mm-hmm. consistently for demo use, for pedal demos, for amp demos and whatnot, I I can say it's in top three. Okay. Yamaha's well, in top three. Well, like, but it's that's all, wild. It's only double. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to grab anyway. It's not my only double humbucker, but I'm saying like if, if it's, if you're, if it's your top three, it's I guess not my, just about features. I it's, guess my thought is like, when you say it's your top three, you're saying like, well, it's my best double humbucker guitar. So it's automatically in the top three. Like, right. No, whereas, I, whereas you could have like, no, because like Stratocasters that you think are better. Sure. But it's not going mean, to be in your top three there, for a demo. There are more than five guitars that I own that I would choose to keep over it because they're intrinsically special. Sure. That's if different. I was if I was running into the house to, to grab guitars yeah. out of the fire or something like that, it wouldn't be that high up on my list. But as a playable instrument, as a tool for making music and for doing the work that I do, like mm-hmm. it's really high up the list. Mm-hmm. So there's like subjective criteria yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like amps, like... Guitars and pedals are so subjective to me, but I feel like amps could actually suck. I mean, I mean, only there if are it's broken because because any guitar can be subjective, but be gigable. Not every, and that's tough because not every amp is meant to be gigable. But but if an amp is designed to be gigable. But it sucks at gigging. Then it sucks. So we, could say, so we could say like a guitar, if a guitar is designed to be a Les Paul style guitar, but it sucks at being a Les Paul for some reason, it doesn't matter if someone likes it for its qualities. It sucks at being a Les Paul. Does that make sense? So you could have, say you could have an amp that technically on paper is gig ready. Oh, hey, a 50 watt amp. Okay. But then there's something about it that makes it not gigable. Like what? Like it says it's a 50 watt amp, but it's too, it's a really quiet 50 watt. Well, like it farts out when you turn it up too high or something. Oh, like that. okay. Like I can't think of an equivalent with a pedal but, but even or then, a guitar where it farts out at, you, at a performance. Usually value. when an amp farts out at volume, it's like a specific EQ characteristic. So the solution is just to take out, to like adjust that portion of the EQ. Now it maybe it doesn't give you the tone that you want, but now it's gigable. This, this is a bad topic because I can't even think of gear that sucks. Well, now. like because like the fart like the farting tone thing. I thought of, I um, I automatically thought of like uh, the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe uh, amps. At least I don't know about the current and the version fours, but the older version twos and I think the version ones were notoriously farty at high right. volume, and so. You kind of had to decide whether or not you were willing to sacrifice a little bit on the low end. And if you right. turn the bass down, they were fine. And the other side of that is like, oh, if you have an amp where like the bass response is really bad, but like, I don't know, you you want that you want that cocked wah sound. There you go. You got the perfect amp for it. I'm it, trying to. Th- it doesn't suck, Ryan. You're just using it wrong. Right, right. Unless like, it's attached to a vacuum. The two amps, I have 
liked the least over the years. Okay. Both kind of are in the same range. And it, it probably just is like the same concept. Uh-huh. And it's probably just like, I don't want that concept. I'm not interested in that concept. So to me, those okay, amps name the second, are stuck. Name, one, name the second one, and the, then I'll tell you what the first one is. The first one, I'm going in, in order of, you know, date range when I try uh-huh. The first one is the, uh, the Fender GT40. Okay, and the other one is the Spark. And the other one is the Spark, and they both do kind of a similar thing. The GT40, I think, was legitimately weird. Like, it seemed like it was... It was worse than the it Spark. It was broken. The Spark had a, a couple tonal characteristics that it didn't seem like you could easily dial out. And when you brought it up, People were like, oh, just like take it apart and put socks inside of it. I'm like, <laughs> I got a that's re- not a solution. We got a recent comment where someone was like, oh, all you have to do is f- track down these automotive speakers and swap out the speakers for these automotive speakers. And I was like, you're not helping. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not making this product seem better. But see, like the spark, I, I really didn't. And, you know, people came in and defended it. I could not, based on what I heard, fully wrap my head around people not understanding what was weird about the gt40 the gt40 was so weird because it had two speakers it it was it was marketed as a 40 watt amplifier yeah but it was 20 watts twice into two different speakers and i swear maybe they changed it maybe they fixed it or maybe it was a component variance or something like that i swear those speakers were fully out of phase yeah like 100 out of phase with each other because the sound in room was bizarre and when I, it, you didn't even get to hear the way it actually sounded in my videos because I was only using one mic. Mm-hmm. If I had figured that out, I could have put two mics on it and shown like these speakers are out of phase because in person, this sounds like ass. Yeah. Where the 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 Spark. The Spark just had a, a tone to it that. The thing I realized about the Spark, I still have the Spark. I keep trying to work up the 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 motivation to try to film it again. Well, um, people say like, oh, the new firmware might fix what you use. I, I downloaded know. the new firmware. It doesn't. Like, oh, it came with a new EQ thing. You can run a new EQ thing. Yeah, but it chews up a effect slot, meaning that you lose an important effect slot in a product that doesn't have a lot of effect slots. So it's like, is that actually a solution? And it doesn't even fix the problem I complain about. <laughs> so it's like, it's moot. And also, uh, my take on the Spark is that I haven't tried it with bass yet. It might be a really great bass practice amp because it is so bass heavy that what's happening is I think it's trying to trick you with how much bass it is. It's one of those like things where like Beats headphones. It's like a Bose speaker, whatever. Yeah. That like it tricks you into thinking like, wow, this sounds huge. When really what's happening is it's really accentuating the low end and making it fill the room that you're in. So it feels like, wow, I can really feel this. Yeah. But then if you actually listen to the guitar tone, the the, the range of EQ. And, and signal that would actually be a guitar amp tone. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like any other, like, kind of like, it sounds like, like, like amp simulations you'd have on an app on your phone. Right. Which is not terrible by like, they the, the sound really good. It, you know, it, historically speaking, like it's a miracle that we live in the time that we do that. That's even a thing. Um, but it, that low end that they introduce, Mm-hmm. that you can't dial out tricks you into thinking this signal is huge. This speaker sounds <laughs> humongous when the actual guitar signal, the normal guitar signal is not that. Yeah. I, I think 
And you can't die. The ba- when you describe it that way, it almost seems like there's something, there's some kind of like built-in compression algorithm. No, I think it's, it's honestly like an audio trick. It's like when I had that Behringer right. bass amp and it had like the super rumble setting or something. And yeah. it was ultra, like a ultra bass. It was ultra a, bass. It was a sub octave that just made you feel like, wow, yeah. this feels huge. Do you, do, you, uh, you do not have that amp anymore? I don't. I sold it. Wow. You finally sold it. I know. I finally got someone to buy that amp. <laughs> um, and also like the EQ controls on the Spark. Mm-hmm. have nothing to do with the way EQ controls work on a normal guitar amp. And so to me, that was frustrating because I'm trying to dial it in to sound normal. And it like the lows don't work anything like an amp's lows work. The mids don't work anything like an amp's mids. The highs don't work anything like an amp's highs. And it was just perplexing to me. This is a company that wanted us, wanted to give us money to promote their stuff. And I, I said, no, thank you <laughs> after trying it. Uh, but But at the same time, it's all subjective because people love it. And oh, yeah, people love them. People, it's fine for people to love it. If you and, if you love it and you enjoy it, like I can like the GT40, that, I can yeah. say something was wrong. Like yeah. something was wrong with the speakers being out of phase. I cannot say that about the spark. Like it is subjective. No, there the the thing I my takeaway with the spark is I feel like if I was playing so the kind of music that in my head I play badly is uh kind of like Somewhere it's like a you know early two thousands kind of indie chimey thing, which I realize now has also has a lot in common with like your kind of eighties new wave guitar, sure. the eighties new wave that had guitar at least, or like the Cure, or the Smiths, or that kind of like you know eighties post punk whatever uh, sounds. And so to me, like that's where the spark kind of failed, but. If I was playing, I think more like mid '90s stuff, like grungy Pearl Jammy, you know, where the low, like in that case, I don't, I don't think the low end would have bothered me. As like, I'm thinking of something like, uh, uh, I think the metal people love it because it does. What, what's the song? It does sound and feel huge in the room with you. So if you're doing high gain sounds a lot, I think the spark is probably more yeah. impressive for those. Or people. like, I'm thinking the perfect song. I'm thinking to. That would sound probably sound really good on the Spark is um, it's an STP song. I don't know what the name of the song is, but it's a I am I am right I am, right that right. Song. I don't know what it's called, but uh, like that song. I'm thinking about the guitar part from that song. Like I bet that would sound really cool on the Spark. Mm-hmm. Why can't I remember the name of that song now? I have to sing it. My it's head not Interstate that. Love Song. Is no, it? No no no. Is it Plush? It might be. Or is it? It's not. The problem is I sing it's into my head. It's on the Gran Turismo soundtrack. That's the, the problem is I sing into my head and I go into the Weird Al medley. That it's oh, in. What? There's a Weird Al? Yeah. I am. I am a man. I said I want to get next to you. I said I want to get close to you. No, that's no, that's that other song. You wouldn't want to have hurt you too. Hurt you too. Woo! I know you want what's on my mind. I know you like what's on my mind. I know it eats you up oh, inside. I know, song, I know, I know, I know. That's called, the other, that's a completely different the band. The Stone Temple Pilot song is called Sex Type Thing. Sex Type Thing. Here okay. I come, I come. Weird Al, you're in my head now. I'm glad Because all I want to do is have some fun. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. Because all I want to do <laughs> is have some fun until the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> I probably haven't heard that song in 15 years and it's still wow. st- stuck in my head. That freaking Weird Al medley. Oh Damn you, gosh. Weird Al. You're a genius and I love you. Mm. 
mean, I so I guess from the perspective of does so bang, the- bang, blame, blame, bang, 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 so bang, bang, blame, blame. It's not my thing, so let it go. What? What this is, is that? All, this is all from this weird L medley. But what is that medley going into? I don't <laughs> know is, that. I don't know that song. It's an obscure '90s song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the the criteria. Despite of- all my rage, I am still just a rat in the cage. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in the cage. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the idea that if a, if a thing does not do what it purports to do, then it's a problem. Even then, it's like, what well, is like? I guess you know. I guess that's that's kind of my complaint with like the late '90s, early 2000s offender Mexican stuff is because to me this that ceramic pickup on like the Stratocaster isn't a good Stratocaster pickup. Mm, So even if the guitar plays well, I'm still like, oh, this sounds bad. This this sucks. Those ceramic pickups had a lot of brightness and output to them. So if you're trying to play higher gain stuff, like they were, they're fine. Like that's the sound. Sound is subjective. Functionality is objective. Are we saying that nothing sucks? I feel like we're coming back to nothing sucks. I kind of feel like we are like it's either broken or it's fine. Is the of course like the ethos of this podcast I feel like has been for the majority of its existence everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was I've been thinking about this lately like what our attitudes were like when we started this podcast over eight years ago, like who we were as people, as far as how we looked at guitar culture and we've become part of guitar culture through hard work and being pig headed sheer and luck, sheer luck and showing up at the right time, brute for showing up at the right time, brute forcing <laughs> brute ourselves force. into an industry. But I think- remember the NAM where we found out there was a Gibson meeting happening and we just barged in and we were like, you will take us seriously. <laughs> No, remember when Blake and I interviewed Paul <laughs> Reed Smith and I was like, I'm probably never coming back to NAM again. I, I started a dumb podcast and I'll, I'll probably quit. You soon. thought it was going to be one and done. No, I had no idea. I was like, this is all a joke. We're here as a joke because who are we? And we like asked Paul Reed Smith, like obnoxious questions yeah, pizza, and stuff. Pizza questions, burrito questions. Oh, I, I asked Paul Reed Smith to his face. I was like, how does it make you feel that your brand has a reputation of being for only doctors and lawyers? Yeah, and he was right. He's like, hey, we have the entire SE line for you you poor people. But he also he also defended himself by saying, is Santana a doctor or a lawyer? I was like, well, <laughs> come on, Paul. Who listens to Santana? <laughs> No, but like we very much had an anti-establishment, anti like kind of like classic rock culture, anti like kind of snooty like ideal behind us starting out. And I feel like we've carried that. We still maintain that. I hope so. And I hope that still comes across. I don't think we've sold out or anything like that. I but I I think we both from the beginning, way before all this, have been like nothing really sucks and nothing is the best either. Like everything is subjective. And speaking of not selling out, if you'd like to support the show, we'll talk about our sponsors. We'll do that later. Um, no, I, I, I'm struggling like to think I, of like, I, I have gear that like, I don't know how to use. I'll, I'll say that. Like I have the, 
I want to um, I want to pull this up early. We were going to do it as a last okay, ad. You want to do it now? But okay, you finish what you were saying, and I'll segue into this. I got this pedal. I don't remember what it's called, so I won't say who the brand is. But it's like an envelope noise makey whatever pedal. Mm-hmm. To me, that pedal like it might oh, wasn't that that Ashdown thing or whatever. No, no, no. Oh, I forgot about that. That pedal sucked. Yeah, that legitimately sucked because like we watched the demo for that. This was like seven, eight years ago. We watched the demo for that and it didn't seem like there's only one demo video for it. And it seemed like the guy doing the demo didn't know how it worked either. Oh, yeah. Let me find that pedal. Uh, That pedal did suck. And I think that I think the input and outputs were like backwards. Something was wrong with that. So uh, so like in the demo, when you when you watch the demo, like. Was it this one? The doctor's note? Yes, it was the doctor's note. It's a, a, a just says it's an, it was supposed to be like a base envelope filter or something. Yeah. We could not get it to do anything resembling an envelope filter. And maybe there was major operator error, but we could not, we spent time trying to figure that thing out. We could not figure it out. There's no description of what the So what, what point were you trying to get to? My point is that sometimes I think a thing sucks because I can't figure out how to use it. Sure. And, you know, there's things that I don't like. The I don't really enjoy products that require apps and things like that. It doesn't mean that they suck. Yeah. I just don't enjoy interfacing with them that way. I want to turn it off. I want to click th- a button. I think it's also important to understand, like, the difference between those two things. And there are products that I, I have that I don't understand that I think are really good, like... I am admittedly at this point, like basically done tweaking my HX stomp. The new right. firmware came out and I was just like, oh, yeah, I should probably get that. But the reality is, is I am using my HX stomp at this point as a amp simulator with a compressor and nothing else. You find the settings that you want and then like, why, why do you need to do anything else? Yeah, and, and so it... The reality is, is like a lot of the time the gear doesn't suck. I suck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure, and, and I so, suck. And so that's one where it's like, like I said, like I'm way underutilizing this thing. Like if I was smart, also like I like I, I love pedals. Right. But if I was smart, I would look at my pedal board and I would like probably start getting rid of just look what, what can I set up simply on my HX stomp and start condensing everything down right now i run a pedal board into an hx stomp i should be taking like i probably should not have a delay on my board because the delay on the hx stomp is uh i use the one that everybody uses i forget what it's called but it's green yeah you know which one you guys know which one i'm talking about so and it's really good so it's like i don't need a delay pedal i could use the one on the hx stomp i probably don't need like a basic overdrive i could use the one on the hx stomp so now all i need is like a high gain drive I don't need a reverb. I could use like, I, right. there's all these things I could just turn on, on the stomp and be done. When I was using, I just this, like pedals. Right. Totally. But they can work together. That's, they really need to come out with, they an, work together. Well, they really need to come out with an HX stomp. Someone has Photoshopped one together, but an HX stomp that is single pedal size. And it just does amp Sims or something like that. That's not real. The HX amp is a HX amp. Isn't real. I thought it was fake. I thought it was real. I don't think it's real because oh, I have like a four hour long phone meeting with Yamaha like three weeks ago <laughs> and that wasn't brought up at all. Oh, <laughs> oh speaking of, uh, never mind. You probably are on embargo. Oh, it'll be over by the time this episode airs. The what? DL, the, the DL four. Yeah. It's it, upstairs. Oh, okay. I want to yeah. see. Is it the one, is it the same as the one in the magazine? 
Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's oh, cool. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I haven't plugged it in yet. It showed up in the mail yesterday. I haven't yeah, had I a chance to plug it in Yeah, I saw a UPS notification. I was like, oh, who sent this? And I literally yeah. like, from Yamaha. Yeah, it's got a bunch of settings. I'm a little bit intimidated by it. But anyways. Uh, that's go- because it doesn't suck. You suck. <laughs> uh, back when we started this, I going back to our mentality and stuff like that, and being kind of like, kind of the antithesis of a lot of the guitar culture that we had been experiencing online and elsewhere uh, was the fact that, you know, we spent a lot of time on forums and groups mm-hmm. and stuff before starting the podcast. Like I was on harmony central back in the nineties and, and things like that. And when you're starting out as, as a guitarist and finding all this information and seeing people talk about guitars, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know is bonkers, mm-hmm. but is definitely bonkers. And is actual misinformation and people being so high on their ideas about like holy gear, mm-hmm. sacred cows and things like that, that it just turns into misinformation. It's so blown out of a proportion that like no one can actually, that they've got these thoughts in their heads. They cannot form clear, actual, rational thoughts about guitar gear. So then you get into extremes about that sucks. That's the best ever. And everything in between who cares because there's the best and there's the worst and blah, blah, blah. Some this, this post has been circling around on the internet this week. And it kind of like, it's giving me flashbacks. This to, is, is this real? I don't know if it's real or a joke, but if it's a joke, then it's like it's, a perfect parody yeah. of that kind of internet poster that has existed on the internet for my entire life of, being a guitarist on the internet. Um, I don't know what they're replying to, but this person says, yes, it does. The tighter the grain, the tighter the tone. Wavy grain patterns sound like there's a tremolo pedal on the guitar. The really wavy grain patterns actually sound like a phaser. Eddie Van Halen knew this and recorded a lot of early Van Halen tunes on an Ibanez destroyer with very wavy grain. It's a myth. He used an MXR phase 90. He eventually had to buy a phase 90 to reproduce that sound when he moved to maple fretboards. So he used the MXR phase 90. That was the only way anyone could replicate his tone without making a relic VOS NOS reissue wavy grain pattern neck Ibanez destroyer with a huge cutout and a tension bolt system that cut out and tension and bolt was how he produced the harmonic frequencies that allowed him to control his feedback. It has to be a Karina-bodied guitar and a galvanized bolt, though, (laughs) signed Bob. But, like, even if that's a joke, I swear to you, in the 90s and early 2000s, when I was on internet forums, people were writing stuff like that as not a joke all the time. Like, the, the misinformation and the extreme information that people had about sustain and yeah. wood do you, and do you, do you fret material the, uh, and nut material and the fat finger clips. I was going like, to bring up the fat finger. So, you know, for, we've talked about this before. The, the originally it was a groove tubes, fat finger, and then right. eventually it became a fender product. Uh, and this was this heavy, presumably heavy. I never picked one up, but it was a brass. It's a, it's thing, a clamp. It's a brass C clamp. Right that you would attach to the headstock of your guitar. And the idea was that, uh, if, you don't understand Steve brass is what trumpets are made out of. And so that's, that's, that, a, that's that a, tone a, material. a tone material. It's a tone material. Yeah. That's also why you get your, your brass saddles and your brass, brass nuts. nuts. Yeah. Um, but you could put this on your headstock and by increasing the weight of the headstock, you could increase the tone. It was a big thing. Actually, when I first started playing bass and it, people, that were people like, wanted like high mat for, especially for bass, it, it was all about high mass tuners and right. high mass bridges. 
Everyone wanted now the high mass bridge thing hasn't necessarily gone away. Thankfully, the tuner thing has like mm-hmm. Hipshot and a bunch of other manufacturers make like ultra lightweight tuners now. Uh, but it was a huge thing. It was like, oh, you want that big bass tone? Like you need, you need as much mass on the headstock. Oh, also here's a big ass chunk of brass you can put on your headstock. Oh, also. If you have any dead spots on your neck, you could just move it a little bit to like a different spot on your headstock and maybe the, your dead spot will go dead away. Dead spot on your headstock. No, it's a dead spot on the neck. So no. you adjust the head. Yeah, it was like, it was a wild I time. I saw people get in fights over where they put their fat fingers on their freaking guitars. And people were so self-righteous about like whatever woods their guitars were made out of, whatever magnets or pickups were made out of. And at the end, like, you know, I... I we suffered through all this misinformation and all these bad attitudes, all these very like classic rock our way or the highway kind of tudes about music and stuff like that. And I think you and I kind of arrived at a similar mental place at, at a point and we're like, this is all nonsense. And this, like anyone who's coming to extreme opinions on gear this way is, is like they're missing something like yeah. something's not right here. So I, I've, I've said it already. I think it's really hard to, well, and this comes up a lot. Like people I've, I've seen a lot of YouTubers say this, that there's a lot of criticism of, of, uh, gear demos and whatnot that like, Oh, um, everything, everything's positive. And now some, some of that is because uh, a lot of demo guys, I think Pete Thorne, for example, is on the record saying, if he gets a piece of gear and he doesn't vibe with it, then he sends it back. He just doesn't. Right. Doesn't but that do doesn't anything. mean it's bad. It means he doesn't, it just, it just, he doesn't yeah. connect with it. Well, all right. Or I mean, for whatever reason, you know, right, it, right. maybe it's bad. Maybe he got a dud. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, it's uh, an effect type that he just knows he's not good at. Sure. You know, um, whatever. Right. He sends it back. But the other part of that, that he, his other caveat is he's like at this point in time, like with automated manufacturing processes and, so many established circuits on the market for pedals and whatever, like no one's making bad effects. Like it's very rare that like a bad effect comes out. What we can't say is like, I almost get excited. You've got like the, the bins and bins and bins of affordable board stuff. The things I'll say, the thing I'll say about that is the, the two things I think that are up in question. The two things I'll say, is that why you're laughing? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Is one that you the noise floors can be kind of weird because of, sure. because they're made so in mass and two, um, there's no accounting for longevity because really like in, in terms of the big picture, like we're in like kind of a new space, I think still for right. those. What is this? So this is a, this is an affordable board pedal that I did a video of that was clearly broken. The Donner Extreme Driver. They sent me a replacement that I never got around to filming because they're like, wow, you got a broken one. Let's send you one that works. But I keep it to the side where I I got it in arm's reach over here because it's broken in such a way that like I'm honestly fond of it. (laughs) It makes like a really nasty, nasty broken sound. Like I almost get excited when I find something that's broken now. Like I, no one else. And that's when, when all these Zord pedals came in and they're like, Oh, five to 10% failure rate. Like I want to hear this failure rate. I want to hear what that sounds like. Cause it's actually so rare. I think I just broke it all the way to <laughs> the switches. The switch is jammed. The switch is jammed. It's so rare to run into something that legitimately doesn't function and doesn't work. 
but still pass a signal in a, in a unique way yeah. that is weirdly exciting to me. Like I get like, I'm in a weird place in my life where I get to experience more gear than most people will in a year than they will in their entire life. You know, like I've just got stuff constantly coming in and you would think with that amount of gear passing through my fingers, I would run into stuff that sucks really often. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't, other than me not liking the spark and the odd affordable board pedal that doesn't function for whatever reason, I can't think of anything that capital S U C K sucks. That's the way. The Zoo sucks. But it, that Zoo sucks. Other people have said, like, oh, I got one and it was fine. Yeah. It's not the design. Well, because you didn't get it from Zoo USA. Oh Shut up. Shut up. It was something to do with quality control, but that's also an indicator of that, that just goes back to like, is it broken? Yeah. Or does it function? It didn't right. function. It doesn't function. There's something to do with their quality control where sucky ones are getting through. So that sucks. That does suck. Yeah. I don't know. Let, let's move on. We've Oops, talked about we sucky stuff long enough. Again, we talked for too long on the first topic. <laughs> do you want to do? Uh, let's do some housekeeping. housekeeping. Let's knock this out. We don't have any new people because this is the second episode of the night. But also, Steve, if you want, Steve and I drove to the mailbox in between episodes tonight. Oh yeah, hoping to get stickers in the mail. None. None. I'll put the address up here. Send us stickers. It's behind you over there, Steve. I'm. We're covering the cyclone with stickers when. Every part of it is covered with stickers. We're going to find a way to get away. Are we going to cover the neck? No, every part of the body. <laughs> Not the neck. I know. Uh, and if you want to support this show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle homecast. One of the things that your contribution will do is help pay ship that guitar. Uh, pay for pay for the shipping on that guitar. <laughs> pay helps ship that guitar. So yeah, thanks to everyone who's supporting us through Patreon. We use your funds to make this show possible. We buy cameras. We buy paint for the wall. We buy food to put in our bellies on podcasting nights so no one here in the house has to cook dinner and it's not a big burden on us. We pay for shipping for all sorts of things. Uh, travel costs when we do travel to Nam and, and wherever else. It really it, it is the lifeblood of this show, of this channel. And we're actually in the black recently. We were in the red for a while. We've got enough money in the in the budget again that we're in the black. So maybe we'll think about spending some money on something soon. Maybe some more merch for the inner circle. We'll figure something out. Oh yeah. So yeah. huge thanks to everyone that's been supporting us. It means a lot. This right. was sent by Michael Krause. It's a custom offset. We need a nickname for Michael Krause. He sends us so much stuff. Remember when uh was it Adam Dolhanic? Yeah, he was the inboxer. The inboxer. He would send us so much stuff in the early days. Co was the ad wizard. Yeah. That's and then it. we got tired of giving people names, so they were the only ones with names. <laughs> Michael Krause needs a nickname, though, because he sends us a lot of ads. So this is a very homemade custom offset guitar. Unique custom guitar with two humbuckers. Excellent action and sound. Ooh. Oh, the guy who's selling it's name is Gil Bowen. I was trying to figure out what the headstock is supposed to be doing, and it's GB. I'm weirdly into this. Because it's red? Well, the neck is like tinted, tinted red, almost like a violin red. Yeah. The body is like a, like a, a gray stain over wood. It's a bit lumber sexual, which is kind of a good look that red neck against a gray wood grain body. Mm -hmm. It has a custom pick. The body is extremely custom shaped. Like 
There's people who try to cut bodies at home and they're trying to approximate like a telecaster or something and they fail. Yeah. This guy went his own path. This kind of, feel, I don't know. This kind of gives me a like reverse. Uh, reverse of what? Reverse uh, that Gretsch, the, the, the. Oh, like the guild thing? Uh, what's that guy? The guy in the band with the beard. <laughs> the ZZ Top signature guitar. Oh, okay. That Gretsch had. The, is it the Billy Bow? Is that what I'm thinking of? I guess. I don't know. I don't see where you're going with that at all. Is that the one? Because that looks like a Cadillac. Did it? They had like the Cadillac fins, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like. I thought you were going to talk about that weird ass shaped gill. Oh, it does have the fins. Yeah. But it kind of. I I don't know, man. I think that's a stretch. What's the guild? The guild. Uh, this kind guitar. of looked like someone took the top. Section. Oh, like this, the newer, yeah, the S, yeah, the S two hundred. I yeah. can kind of see that, but yeah. I'm not saying it's not actually. I'm not saying it's actually that, but it it looks like it could hang on the wall next to it. Yeah. You know, it it looks like they took the body outline of a Telecaster on the top out of this, and then just shrunk it down and compacted it a little bit. But then the bottom edges of this guitar are a lot. Like I really, li- I really like the pickguard shape. <laughs> it works with it weirdly. It's some sort of weird, the whole thing is some sort of weird, lumpy chicken nugget shape. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the bell. Weirdly, it, I don't know. I don't, there's something charming about it. Why, why am I okay with this? I don't know, man, but. And the front uh, front axis is garbage because that bottom. He will ship for 2151. That bottom horn connects at, what is that? The the 17th fret? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's massive. Like this thing is going to, it's not going to be neck heavy. It's going to be lower horn heavy. (laughs) Uh, Something that's funny about it too. Uh, Yeah. His price is like, if you see this and you want it, like. I don't know how functional it is. Maybe it's a sucky guitar to play. Of course, nothing sucks, right? Because according to the... Yeah, you could set it up better. Just set it well, up Well, you know, I think in this case, a homemade thing, it could suck in that it's set up, it's made to be broken and that the bridge is placed wrong or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. those are real elements that could make a guitar suck. Not the not a commercial design guitar that is set up wrong or right. like is just a poor quality control. Like th- th- like when something is a one off like this, it has potential to suck because the bridge is in the wrong place mm-hmm. or you know something like that. But that is kind of a broken sort of mentality too. So there we are again. Nothing sucks. Um, but. Assuming it plays fine, mm-hmm. assuming this, it looks like a parts neck from somewhere. It looks like a handsome neck. Assuming it plays fine, it's $220. It's a double humbucker guitar with a tunomatic and a strat neck on it. Like functionally, in theory, it could be a cool guitar to play. It just looks really, really weird. The thing that cracks me up is, you know how people complain about the position of a Strat's volume knob right next to the right, pickup. Right. This one has two of those. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you rest your hand on the bridge, you are in trouble on this. The angle of the strings over the bridge, I can't tell if it's camera angle or if that should be something that should catch my eye that bad. Like 
I think it's just camera angle. It might just be camera angle. I hope it's just camera angle. Well, that low E, it might just be camera angle, but that low E is not lined up over the strings, but the high E is. So there might be some drift with the placement of the bridge here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I think it's time to talk about our sponsor. A sponsor, Steve. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Dedaria. Uh, they make the Expand XPND pedal boards. We I've got, got, got the a, little one here. Is this the XPND 1 or the XPND 2? I think this is the 1 because the 2 is the big one, right? Mm. It's one of them. It's, but look at this, guys. You think you know what this pedal board is all about? It's got two pedals. This is my utility board for recording demos. It's got a looper and an amp switcher on there. You think you know what this pedal board is all about. But look at this. It gets bigger. You could put more on there. I've got the bigger version too, which has become my gigging board. I have sworn off other pedal boards. These two boards are my pedal boards now. <laughs> so wow. I should, I've got other pedal boards I should maybe sell. Yeah. At this point. You got some pedal boards you could probably. Yeah, use. they take up a bunch of space. I need to get the bags for these still. But I am I'm completely sold on this concept. The execution is wonderful. Like I've messed around, I've experienced, I've seen other expanding pedal boards over the years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are fine, but this is the first one I've seen and experienced that I think actually delivers on that promise of an expanding pedal board that expands in the moment. Right. To do what you need to do to host more pedals or less pedals in the moment. And it's just really well put together. It's got soft Velcro on both sides of the board. You know what this is for, Ryan? What is it for? It's for when you when you're at the when you're at the gig and you see someone who's got a really nice guitar and then you're just like swing. Oh man. I locked it already. I ruined your joke by locking it. Also, also Steve. You look like a you look like you look like a strong young pup. Yeah, yeah. See if you could push this in. Oh, it's not locked. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. Tur- no, no, no. Here, we, we got to do it full Napoleon Dynamite. You look like a strong young pup, Steve. See if you could rip that in half. I can't do it. <laughs> it's no, it is legitimately. Wait, are you gonna run over with your car now? <laughs> it is legitimately strong. I can't get it to budge at all. Like pulling at it. Like I'm feeling the aluminum like sidebars flex. And I'm not feeling it oh, pull out at all. <laughs> so they're really strong. They're really beefy. They deliver on the promise of an expandable pedal board in a way that I haven't seen before. And I'm fully sold on them. So huge thanks to Dario for sponsoring uh, this episode and a couple more episodes in the future. So look forward to that. This episode's also brought to you by Bigger Pedals. Makers of limited edition cool stuff like the Stevis and Burkhead. If you want to know when cool limited edition stuff is coming out that you don't want to miss, make sure you follow Big Ear Pedals on all their social media and get on that email list. BigEarPedals.com. There's only like 14 of these, right? Uh, Something like that. Something like that. If you want to find out about cool stuff, yeah, that's what you got to do. Huge thanks to Big Ear. You got anything new, man? I don't think so. All right, cool. (laughs) Next ad. Yeah, this is a Fractual guitar. So why is it Fractual? Because that's how they spelled it in the ad. Oh. Fractual wood burnt guitar, front and back. Looks unreal. Uh, this doesn't look anything like Fortnite. 
Shut up. Did, did, you guys, <laughs> did you guys get that joke? Is, is Fortnite on the Unreal Engine? I don't know. Okay. I hope so. Otherwise, that joke sucked. Yeah. I know what the Unreal Engine is, but I haven't played Fortnite, so I don't know if it is. I'm, I'm, Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. I kind of... <laughs> I think I screwed so it up. So, I've seen, I've seen this concept before on guitars. Oh, Unreal, the Unreal Engine is on is PUBG. Oh, okay. So, anyways, I've seen the, the you know... Oh, and Fortnite. There you yes! go. Joke success. People will get a piece of wood wet or whatever, and then they'll put, you know, two electrodes on it, and you'll see like sparks burn through it in an electric, you know, like lightning bolt sort of pattern. And it's kind of cool. Like typically they end up filling that with, you know, bright neon blue resin or something like that. It is a cool, like, wood party trick it's a woodworking party trick right yeah and i've seen it done on guitars and it's fine it's It's cool it's cool you know what is even cooler is when they do and they fill it with that blue epoxy i already joked about that oh man sorry you missed you were paying attention to your Fortnites. (laughs) yeah that's true should i play Fortnite, guys let me know in the comments should i play Fortnite? should i let my kid play Fortnite? that's the question should i let him go down that path um it looks like a fun like like multiplayer shooter sort of thing. I don't know. Um, the thing that cracks me up about this is that this guy posted this listing. He's got it for one pound because he's from Pound Town uh, with 500 pounds crossed out. Like, ooh, it could be 500 pounds. And his whole ad, it says, fractual wood-burnt guitar, front and back. It looks unreal. Then it says, wait, 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 wait I'm reading. Uh, he doesn't even have a picture of the back. No, no. I scrolled back. Okay, to okay, it. stop it. Stop right it. There. Then he says, sneaky peek before the finished product. Highest offer when finished will receive it. Like this guy is trying to build excitement over this yeah. thing. So presumably he's gonna clear coat it. He's extremely proud of it. And he's like, people are gonna want this. I need to tease them with this because once they see this. Oh my gosh, the offers are going to start rolling in. Highest bid, guys. Highest bid. Start, you know, let's start the bidding at 500 pounds and see where this goes. He no, just said, uh, highest offer when finished. I want an, I want somebody to like, who's who's near this, which is where Newport on Tay, Scotland. Like what? I don't know. Maybe this guy's a home builder. Maybe he, he he's a brand. But imagine like, our buddy Doug Cower, okay, like half finishing, I'm imagining. A, half finishing a guitar, mm-hmm. and being like so excited about it. Doug, can you hear me? He he posts a picture, and he's like, "Just so you know, this one's in the works, guys. Highest bid gets it. Make me an offer, and it's not even done yet." Like, <laughs> and it's like this, I mean, the, the, the wood ring looks cool and stuff, but there's nothing else about this. that's like, wow, that looks like an incredible build. It looks like he got a part strat body and he, he did the, the electrode thing to it and he burned oh, it up. This is good. I just realized that this is going to be a full guitar, right? <laughs> I thought, thought he wanted 500 pounds just for no. the body. He's like, he's teasing you. Like, this is going to be a guitar. I'm, uh, you know, start your bidding. <laughs> I've got a Strat style guitar, and guys, it's going to get crazy. It's going to have a Warmoth neck on it. Yeah. And three Fender Custom Shop pickups. He doesn't even say what the rest of the guitar is going to be like. He's like, here's a taste. Yeah. Mm, mm, 
you know, you know, you want in on what this it's gonna is going to be, be a squire bullet neck. <laughs> it's going to be three, uh, three pickups off of a, uh, off of uh, I don't know, something trash. No, it's going to, it's going to be like one of those like pick guard kits you get off of Amazon that already has everything loaded yeah. in. And you can tell that it's like the cheapest stuff you've ever seen. It's a single ply pit guard. Yeah. It's that, <laughs> and it's, it's going to be an unfinished project neck with the paddle head stock. <laughs> you can make this into any shape you want. <laughs> wow. That's a feature. Yeah. It comes comes with a handsaw. You can cut it any shape that's, that you want. That's like uh you pick strawberries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're like you're going there, you're paying like 30 bucks so you can do all the work. Right. The experience of picking four dollars worth of strawberries yourself for yeah. thirty dollars. Those strawberries are fresh. <laughs> they are fresh. They're very fresh. That is true. I'm thankful that my wife wasn't into doing that sort of stuff when we were dating. My wife. Because like, a lot of people's wives were, and a lot of guys are too. But like, I think we went we went with some friends and did like the apple orchard picking thing one We've, time. We do the apple thing every year with the kids. But like. But I think it's more about just having getting an out to the country. to go to the mountains. But like, we have strawberry fields where you can do that around here. Yeah. But it's like. There's a strip mall down the street, guys. Like those, this and is, those strawberry fields, they've been there forever. Right. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> there is literally, uh, no, it's not even a mall. The strawberry fields I'm thinking of is across the street from like the third or fourth largest strip of car dealerships oh, totally. in the county. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the same place. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a romantic, like the apple picking, you go up to like a mountain town Yeah, and there's a yeah. cider mill down the street Yeah, and it's like, you do your apple picking and then you drive into town, you get a slice of pie, get a slice of pie and, and then you get and home you, and you drive the backwoods and try not to fall asleep. And then you get home and you realize you just spent like a hundred dollars across apple picking fees and gas and like five hours of your life. To, and pick, the, to and pick three paper bags full of apples that are like crab apple size. Yeah, and like, what do you do with these? They're they're only good for pie. They're only good for pie. And you can only eat so much pie. And you just had a slice of pie in town. Yeah. So what are you going to, you going to make apple And they sauce? don't even use those apples in the pies no. in town. They no, use they use different apples. They use commercially bought apples. They use apples. apples that they got from Washington State. <laughs> so we're talking about Julian, which is our local, like, kind of like, Get away from the city. Here's a mountain town sort of situation. Do you go to, you go to the mayor's apple orchard? It or? used to it used to be a mining town. Every town in California <laughs> used to be a mining town. Get off of it. Uh, I don't remember. It's wherever wherever our friends go, we end up. And it's, think, you know, it's fun to hang out with our friends. But I, I I did that stuff when I was a kid, and I have no desire to do it personally as an adult anymore. I usually just spend all of my time chasing my seven year old around. Uh, and, and I either am chasing her everywhere or she picked, this is what she did last year. She picked a spot where she's like, this is nice dirt. Right. And she just sat down. And so we also did not pick any apples because she was just sitting there playing in the dirt. Next time I get roped into doing one of those things, I'm like, I'm not going to buy the bag. I'm just going to walk around. You got to pay just to walk around. Do you? Yeah. You got to pay five bucks to just walk around. I'm so pretty so sure. Something funny about this mountain town called Julian is that there's a brand of hard cider, Julian Hard Cider. Yep. Named after the town. And they tried to present 
like they were from Julian. Yeah. They were like, oh, let's find let's find a mountain town to name this thing after. And, uh, you know, we'll brand it after this town. They never had operations in Julian. And they yeah. were based out of Washington or Oregon or something like that. And there were legit like cider companies, local cider operations in Julian that were like, what the hell is going on? Here? Yeah, I, I think they I think they eventually I think there was like some sort of legal action. Uh, where like, if you want to do business using our name, then you actually have to set up shop here. So they actually had to set up like enough of a presence to actually be there. Yeah. So, well, so they've had like a little tasting room for a long time, but even with that tasting room, they were like shipping in. Right. Um, and yeah, they make their, one of their facilities is in Milton Freewater, Oregon. So that's where the bulk of, I think that's where the bulk is. And I think what, what they finally are doing now, uh, this all broke out. This near news news all came out. Hot a few years news ago. guys, hot news, hot um, apple cider news from your local guitar channel is that, uh, they, um, I think they do their seasonal ciders right. using Julian apples. But yeah, prior to that, I think they established like the tasting room in Julian from the very beginning, but they were shipping all the product down. They were like using right. all out of state apples. I think they were brewing in Oregon. And so they got sued by the city of Julian saying like Julian is functionally a, a specific Southern California, like regionalism. Right. It's not it, just a. It's not just a city. It's not just a town. It's a brand. Yeah. And you were capitalizing on our brand without doing anything here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it's literally like if you. I don't. It's 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 the champagne of cider. Right. Like it's if and it's not bad cider. Like hard cider is all hard cider. Yeah. To me, there, theirs is good. I, but I stopped buying it, and I when I found out that it was from Oregon. It's too hard cider is too sweet for me. Oh, I'm not saying that as a you diabetic. Need a, you need I'm, a dry, you need like an extra dry cider. I'm saying I don't like, it's too, like I feel sugared out after I have a right. little bit of it, you know? Right. If I want, if I'm going to drink cider, it's not going to be hard cider. I want that thick brown pulpy fresh cider. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the, like this with a little bit of cinnamon in it. That's mm-hmm. like, and it's warmed up a little bit. It's a little bit hot on a cold day. That's what I want. I don't want hard cider. If I want to get drunk, I'm going to drink tequila. Not that I'm drunk. Guys, I haven't filled it up once. I still, I've been nursing this cup the whole time. I only gave it like two fingers or whatever. That's all it takes. All right. Get us out of here, man. Get us out of here. Song, 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 song. Dude, we still have sponsor spots to do. Let me hear that song. Ryan. Okay. We have two more sponsor spots. That's true. And we don't have another ad. No. Oh, shoot. We did it earlier. Yeah. All right. This episode is brought to you <laughs> by demonic machines. Tone is not in your fingers. It's not in your body. Your body's not toned. I've seen pictures. People <laughs> really thought that was funny. If you're like me and Steve, your body is not toned. Tone is in the signal. signal. There we go. I got it right this time. Not six, your fingers. You cannot work out your fingers to get better tones. Six guys. sponsored episodes so far by Demonic Machines. I got their name right and I got their tagline right. 
Head on over to demonicmachines.com. Check out their pedals. They're super rad. This is the Dragonaut, which is a super versatile distortion machine. It does all sorts of wonderful stuff. Go watch my video if you want to know more. There's an extra little switch here. There's an extra little switch here. It does a stack. It does an on and off on your EQ stuff. It's fun. I've used it. I like it. You should go check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Chase, Chase Bliss Audio. We did not practice that, and I was just as surprised as anyone else. But anyways, I'm holding the Tonal Recall. You can't buy it. You cannot buy this pedal. Why am I holding a pedal you cannot buy? Because you should buy the pedals that you can buy, because someday you will not be able to buy them. So if you've been looking at a Chaseless pedal, like sitting there like, oh, I'll buy it some other time. I'll buy it someday. Someday may never come. That's all I'm saying. And then you'll have to buy it used. And I'm not going to sell you mine. Mm-mm, I love it too much. So go follow Chase Bliss Audio. Go consider buying that pedal of your dreams. And huge thanks to Chase Bliss for once again sponsoring this nonsense. Let's do one more ad. Okay. All right. We got 34 minutes, man. We, we can keep going. We can keep going. All right. This ad was sent by Michael Krause. This is three amps, $700. All three for $700. And Fender Prince and Chorus. It comes with a guitar. Oh, uh, RMS SC100 and a PV TNT100 also comes with Lion Guitar. We'll take reasonable offers. <laughs> 700 for all three plus a guitar or reasonable offers or sell individually. <laughs> <laughs> Any combination of options he's open to, guys. Oh, these guitars suck. Yeah. I have a Lion ukulele. They might objectively suck. I have a Lion ukulele, which is actually not bad, but it's hard to make a bad ukulele these days like yeah. ukuleles have gotten good it used to be that ukuleles it was hard to find ones that had decent tuners but every ukulele i've picked up for the past 10 years has been great oh yeah i'm gonna say this say it. i don't think this stack is worth 700 dollars. either do i but if you ever have the opportunity to play through a fender princeton course you should yes. um it's kind of uh fender did this thing in the early mid 90s where they made the Princeton Chorus, which was a 2 by 25 watt stereo chorus, true stereo. And they made the Ultimate Chorus, which I think was a 2 by 60 watt uh, stereo chorus amp. Basically trying to tap into that Roland JC market. I never played the Ultimate Chorus, but the Princeton Chorus is really good. It took me years to get over the how good the chorus sounded on that amp. Like it, doesn't, it, took, it doesn't sound like you're over it, Steve. It sounds like you're still thinking. But about like, it. but like what I'm saying is for years, I would get like different chorus pedals and I'd be like, this sucks. This sucks. Like, this, right. like you didn't of, get it. None of this is better than the Princeton chorus. So, right. so I'll pass no mono chorus. Like it took me years to get to be like, oh, I guess I can stereo please. Mon mono chorus. Steve is a stereo chorus boy uh, only. So they're really cool. They're they're kind of, uh, I think they're a little later than the Fender Deluxe 85 amps, which were kind of made famous by Johnny Greenwood from uh, from Radiohead. Radiohead? Radiohead. Radiohead? Uh, the RMS amps, I don't know anything about those. This one has no knobs. Well, it used to have knobs. We can't even tell. I think it's still got the pot. No, shafts. I think it has the pot shafts. It just has no knobs. Yeah, I've got no knobs. And then the the PV <laughs> the TNT one hundred is one of those like old school do everything PV amps that they made, where you're just like it weighs ninety pounds. It probably has like a fifteen inch speaker in it, 
And you're like, is it a bass amp? Is it a guitar amp? Is it a keyboard amp? I don't know. Yes. You tell me. All those things. Here's my, my initial critique of this is, I don't know if this pile of stuff is worth $700. You could say each amp, $200 roughly. And then I mean, you're, maybe. And then you're getting a guitar for 100 on top think, of it. I think the court, the PV, the Princeton course is maybe worth $200 these days. Right. The R- RMS is a brand I've barely but ever heard of. There's no scenario where someone out there is like, yes, I want all these. <laughs> I want yeah. There's a scenario where someone's like, oh, yeah, I want to try one of those. No one wants all of these at the same time. Yeah. This person selling them doesn't want them all at the same time. It's baffling my mind that he has all of them at the same time. But what I would love. Like, is- like imagine being this person like, oh, I got like a big solid state amp. What am I going to get next? Yeah. A big solid Another state amp. Another one. What am I going to get next though? A big solid state amp. And like, I love solid state amps. I do. But it's like, it feels like he's buying the same flavor over and over. Ah, and over. He's I mean- buying the same pawn shop. Yeah. Solid state amp. He's buying the yeah. same $200 solid state amp over and over well, again. Like I said, the TNTs got a lot of usage as like bass amps. So sure, maybe there's sure. something there. Uh, but uh, this guy I, has a type, is what I'm saying. What I would like to see in this scenario is more of a like uh, Wendy's four for four situation where you're like, I've got three amps. You can have any two of them for $500. And it's like, I'm just going to keep whatever you don't want. Right. Like you buy what you want. I'll keep whatever doesn't get sold. I think, I think the situation here is if he wants to get rid of these 700, isn't the price for all these 500 is the price because you've got to make it feel like a sweet deal for someone to buy them all at the same time. You got to make it feel like the person is going to be able to sell two of them and make their money back. Right. It has to feel like there's a flip there. It's a, that's a hard flip. This person probably knows it's hard to ships for $16. No, it does not. (laughs) Someone should take advantage of that. Jeez. Is this a shipping scam? No, it does not ship for $16, $16 and 20 cents. Maybe they got a connection. Are you kidding me? Not with with these gas prices. That's the, that's the scam of this whole thing. There's something going on there with that. Does your local gas station have the, the Joe Biden? I did this. I haven't, dude, I work from home. Oh yeah. You don't buy gas. I only drive to the grocery store and like I've, I've gone surfing twice in the past month. That's how much I drive my car. I don't know when I bought gas last. (laughs) I don't know. Jeez. It might've been. Been before COVID, honestly. <laughs> does gas go bad? Yeah, it takes about three years. I'm two does years it, in. Does it really? Yeah. That's it, a real question. No, I have. it starts to turn to jelly. Whoa. Yeah. Just it's a good thing I drive my car every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have to drive your car every day. All right. I want to hear that song. Song, 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 song. <laughs> Let me hear that song. This song is sent by Andy Devine. Uh, where the hell did it go? <laughs> there it is. It's called Hold My Coat. Uh, let's see. Did he send us any? Heard you mention you need more submissions for tunes to play at the end of the pod. It would be extremely chuffed if you played one of mine. This all guy sounds best. like he's from Pound Town. All, yeah, he says all the best in Cheerio from the UK. If you guys want to, if you're listening, if you folks, if y'all want your song played at the end of the show here, uh, just send us a file or a SoundCloud link or whatever to 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a good stock right now. We have like 
about uh, like 18, 19 songs lined up. Songs but, are up. But eventually, we're going to be running low again, and we're going to need a... We play every song sent to us in the order that we get them. So if you send us a song, you will hear it. Are you okay, man? On your favorite podcast, 60 Cycle Hum, where we talk about apple orchards and strawberry picking for some reason. <laughs> Oh. oh, you're not supposed to click away from the player, Steve.
Yeah. All right, Ryan. This uh, this song had three hashtags on it. Okay. Uh, do you think you can guess what they were? Hashtags. Yeah. I could guess three influences on it. No, hash. They had hashtags. Hashtag. Well, I mean, if you think the hashtags were the were Andy naming his influences. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't even be able to begin to guess their song. Their hashtags so people can find your song on SoundCloud. Right. Okay. So what. Uh, rock. Uh, yeah. Uh, riff. Okay, they were rock. You got one right. Guitar. Okay. And rock. No, rock twice. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this tech talk meme, but he understood the assignment. There you go. What do you think my my influence guesses would be? Um. Uh, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. um, Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I guess like my what I'm thinking Guns N' Roses is the Wah, which could all again could be Alice in Chains. Like no, that was more of an Alice in Chains Wah for okay. sure. Uh, the vocal, uh, kind of gave me STP vibes. If you imagine the vocal in a different octave, I was getting big Aussie from it. Huh? Like in the way, like something about the vocal cadence and the phrasing, I was getting Aussie vibes off the bat with that. So it was like Allison chains plus Aussie. And then that riff is kind of like not SRV, but in that neighborhood kind of like heavy rock blues. Yeah. You know, no, when, when it started out, I was like, Oh, the, I knew it was a going to be a long song because I saw I saw the time. Sure, and I was like, "Oh, this is a this like like I definitely hear like that rock blues thing." I'm like, "Where is this going?" This kind of seems like it's. I'm like, "Is this just going to be like five minutes of yeah. of rock blues?" And then the vocal came in. The vocal really like made it for me. The vocal actually tried kind of pushed it into uh, the whole thing together. There was a couple thrice albums that went into this kind of like hard rock. Yeah. Uh, Sound. I, so. I, I think it's was really well done. Oh yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a critique here, and it, just understand that it's it's not me trying to crap on you because this is really well done. And I could honestly, I was thinking the whole time, like when I hear a song that works a certain way, I start thinking in terms of using it in video, using uh-huh. it in editing and stuff. I'm like, oh, this would be like a really good like a montage background in like a Punisher type movie or something like that. Wow. Like, like an action montage, a fighting montage, like fighting your way through a building and, mm-hmm. you know, like shooting down like bad dudes or whatever. Um, like it has that good energy and it has that good, like kind of like attitude to it. I think, I think the, the riff, the riff is good, but it needs to be used more sparsely. Like it was used too many times. Like it needs to get broken up a little bit more. Like it's a good riff. Right, right. But it, it, it started to feel repetitive about, it wasn't immediately, like two thirds of the way through the song, I was like, uh, this needs to get broken up a little bit. Now that's not, like I said, it's not me trying to crap on you. I'm saying the song is good and a, a, a little bit of tweak in that direction could make it something better. 
Is that constructive criticism? It's. I think it's. Well, you I'm know, trying to be constructive, you know, and, but this, like, if you don't want to, don't change a damn thing. Yeah. Like, literally, don't do anything. Like, if you if you like it the way it is, don't listen to me. Like, it's your song. I heard recently that anytime somebody says I've got some constructive criticism for you, it's not really construct. It's almost never constructive. Well, but uh, that felt constructive. I'd say when someone like I, he's quoting me. I made a Facebook post. My my point was typically when someone like says something shitty to me yeah, and then has to defend it and say, well, I was just giving constructive criticism. The vast majority of times they're not. Hey Ryan, I've got some constructive criticism for you. Lay it on me, man. Uh, Have you ever thought about spending less time like working, like making videos that pay for your uh, ability to exist and more time practicing? (laughs) Listen, man, I've done so much practicing no more practicing is going to help. Like, you, you, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Uh, you don't, even though I often suck and I'm not as good as many, many guitarists, you don't get to the place as a guitarist that I'm at with zero practice. I have, yeah, you got to work hard to be this bad. I have practiced. I'm, you know, I'm the equivalent of functionally illiterate at playing guitar. Like I, I can function at it, but it takes work to function and I'm trying my best. I'm fighting hard for the little bit of functionality that I have. And I, believe it or not, I do practice. Oh, you were going to tease shaving your beard. Oh yeah. Say goodbye to the beard. This is the last episode where I've got this beard. Hey Ryan, I've got some constructive, constructive criticism for you. Yeah. Have you ever thought about uh, just animating all of your uh, demos so we don't have to look at your dumb face anymore? <laughs> just trying to be constructive. Thank you for your constructive criticism. Have you ever thought about like blanking out your face? Like you don't have to be on camera every video, right? Hey, right. I got some constructive criticism criticism for you. Have you ever thought about wearing a brown paper bag over your head? <laughs> but on April first for April Fool's Day, this is not a joke. I'm going to do a live video and I'm going to buzz off my beard. I'm going down to skin, baby. So say goodbye. Going down to skin. I've been, I've been planning this. Okay. Here's what I want. I've been planning this since last year. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let it go all natural. And for April fools, I'm going to take it down. Do you have a, do you have a scale? Oh, you want me to weigh it? I want you to weigh yourself before. And then weigh yourself after and then tell us how much your beard weighs. There's, my scale does like tenths of a pound. I know it's big, but it's like, it's not going to weigh a tenth of a pound. I don't know, man. Whenever I like go, like do a, whenever I've like grown it out and then done a pretty severe trim down, I feel like the, I feel a lot lighter. I, I have hit several points while growing this where I've been like, man, I could, I could shave it off right now, but I committed to like, going to i don't even think like one bird could live in that beard yet (laughs) it's not a single bird beard yet it is maybe it is maybe a a maybe one hummingbird maybe one hummingbird maybe one hummingbird i've had bigger beards i had a beard down to here one time which must have been a full year of growth now that i think about it it had to be a full year because this is like six months or something like that right so i had i had a beard down to here when my wife and i met hey ryan yeah have you ever i have some constructive criticism for you Okay. Have you ever thought about selling all of your gear and getting a job at Taco Bell? You might be better at it. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> My wife was asking me about like retirement plans and stuff the other day. And I'm like, I think we're okay for now. 
mostly because we have so much equity in our Southern California house, which is worth a lot more than what we bought it for. Right. Um, I was like, if ever YouTube stops working and it's just all over, I think I've probably got just over six months worth of gear. <laughs> But I'll have to sell it full time. Like that'll be my job for six months while I'm looking for other work. It's just selling. Right. Gear. Right. Take it all down to two guitars and oh, a small man. pedal board and one amp and that'll pay the bills for a while. Yikes. That's rough to think about, but it's not wrong. I mean, there's, there's a mortgage payment right there. Right. <laughs> True. All right. Bye everyone. Stay grounded.